with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it's a snowy Monday morning in Prince George. Alan Wishart in the host chair. Uh, it's all going to be by phone today, of course, as we've decided here at the station that we will have no in-studio guests until further notice. And my first guest is ready to go, uh, Stephanie Dior, regular contributor to the show, Director of Communications and Philanthropy at the YMCA of Northern BC. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. And how are you on this snowy Monday morning? You know, considering everything, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Uh, although I could have done without the extra snow this morning. Yes, I think a lot of people are saying that. So now, what is the status of the Y in Prince George? I'm assuming all facilities are closed. Yeah, that's a great question. So, of course, uh, all of our you know health and fitness facilities are closed. So in Prince George, the Prince George Family Y closed uh, last Tuesday as per, you know, provincial order. We do have, um, you know, some support still operating for the community. So our child care centers remain open uh, as an essential service. Of course, we're, you know, watching um, all of the news coming out of the government, both federally and provincially. But Dr. Henry's, you know, really said that uh, the essential services workers uh, really need childcare to be able to serve our community. So, um, you know, as, as long as we're able to do so, we're really proud to be able to, to work with our staff teams and offer that service to the community so that um, our essential workers can keep, um, you know, us health, everyone in the community safe and healthy. Uh, and the, um, in our, our youth service kind of sector, in our community health sector, we have a few uh, supports as well. So at Yap and Foundry Bowl, um, all group programming, of course, has been canceled, but the centers themselves are still open. So they do have, you know, a lot of social distancing practices in place, um, but there, we know that this time more than ever uh, can be, you know, really challenging, especially, especially on our mental health. Um, so they're, they're open. Uh, you know, Foundry, you can uh, still see doctors and nurses and counselors. Uh, and they're actually in the midst of also um, launching a phone and text service so that you can receive counseling uh, or, or peer support uh, during, you know, this, this very uncertain time. Now, with the child care, is it safe to assume that you're not taking any more registrations, though, for the uh, child care? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and I'd <laughs> say a question that has um, probably come up. So, you know, last week, I think around Thursday, Dr. Henry really recommended that um, if you're able to stay home, you know, if you're not an essential worker and you're able to work from home and uh, you're able to be home with your children, then really encouraging folks to do that. Uh, so, again, we're, we're following those recommendations. And if folks are able to be home with their children, uh, then we're encouraging them to do so. Uh, that being said, if you are an essential worker and you rely on childcare to be at your job, um, then you know we're there to support that. And and those people, I would say that if you know you're an essential worker and you need care for your child, then we would uh, you know do what we can to help support that. Um, you know, the province also announced late on Friday that. Uh, there's going to be some more pieces coming this week about supporting families. So, uh, you know, the other piece that's really coming up is just, well, if, 
you know, if my kids aren't in childcare, you know, parents don't want to lose their space. We know childcare is very expensive for families. Um, and a lot of families are, are laid off and out of work. So, you know, we're, we're continually working with the province um, through that and the ministry this week so that, um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're working with families as best as possible uh, so that, uh, you know, they have their needs met and um, we're not, you know, causing any more burden than we, than we absolutely need to because, uh, as we know, many Canadians are already stretched and I think we're, we're just into what's not going to be a, a short so now the YMCA facilities themselves, like the Massey Street one and stuff, are there any staff still on at those facilities or is everybody gone? No. So uh, the facility is completely closed to the public. Uh, so it's inaccessible. Um, we have launched uh, nationally, the Ys across Canada have launched a, a free online uh, like workout service, essentially. Um, so for folks who are, you know, at home, because that's what we've been recommended to do, and looking to, to stay fit, because we also know that, you know, not only is that important for our physical health, but staying active is so important for our mental health. Um, I encourage you to just visit the Y website, uh, nbc.ymca.ca, or our Facebook page, and, you know, anyone, even if you're not a Y member, uh, you have access to these great free workouts. And they're all, you know, they've all been uh, put together special for this this crazy COVID situation. So they're all, um, you know, you don't need a lot of equipment. They're all definitely designed for someone who's, who's working from home. There's also a really great resource through YUSA. Um, so if you just Google, um, you know, YUSA workout, um, they have a, a large YouTube channel with a lot of really easy to follow, also free uh, online library of resources to keep you moving at home. Now, do you happen to know, do any of, are you, any of your instructors from home doing live workouts at this point that people might be able to access as well so they can actually be doing something at the same time as if it was in a class? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so none of our instructors are officially like through the Y. Um, I do know that there are a couple of volunteers who've, you know, chosen to just kind of do that um, through their own avenues with class participants. Uh, it's something we're still exploring. I'll be really honest that uh, this has all happened very quickly, and we get the information just as fast as everyone else. Um, so it is something that we've talked about. Uh, as of this moment, we have uh, just the online resources uh, that you can, you know, then access at, at any time that works for you. Okay. So now... You can use those online resources then to stay fit in while you're in isolation, say. Um, what are some other things that people can do to stay fit? Like if they don't want to actually take part in a workout class, as it were, online, what else can people do to stay fit? Yeah. Um, right now, I mean, we you know we are allowed to, to go outside and encourage to do so as long as you're uh, keeping your social distancing. So that's really important. We know that, you know, access to nature in itself is really great for our mental health. Um, I think, you know, you. I, I think it's okay that you might not have the, the same, you know, maybe fitness regime that you normally would. Um, so you could run stairs at home, you know, up and down your stairs. Um, if Y workouts aren't for you, there's a lot of different 
uh, online resources. Maybe that's like more yoga classes, um, dance classes. You know, you could just throw on your favorite uh, playlist on your iPod and have a little bit of a dance party at home. The, you know, cleaning, cleaning your house can keep your body moving. Uh, it's really just about not letting this, um, you know, be just a, a Netflix and, and lay on the couch excuse. Uh, you want to make sure you're getting up, moving your body, um, and, and being kind to yourself. So, you know, I, I did reach out to our experts on our team around mindfulness as well. And they talked a lot about, you know, not just keeping your body moving, but how you can make sure your mental health isn't suffering during this time of social isolation as well. So have you got, what are some of the tips that you got from them on that aspect then on the mental aspect? Yeah. So some of the highlights, you know, one is definitely around the news um, and that, you know, sometimes less is, is more. Uh, so it can be really tempting to want to read, you know, every single headline and article. And I know personally, I'm really guilty of that as well. Um, but sometimes that can cause more stress and anxiety. So for some people, that is a better choice. And for some people, it's not. So it's really important to know, you know, what works for you. Um, so you may want to limit how much you consume the news or how much time you're spending online in general. Uh, it's important to be checking in regularly with loved ones. Uh, we also know that, you know, more time spent on social media isn't necessarily the best answer. Um, so you might want to also think about some social media distancing or putting some time in, um, some time limits around your social media, but making sure that you're checking in by phone, uh, you know, video chat with people that you're working with, with your friends, your family, um, and, and to be really honest about how you're feeling. Um, and, and also that, you know, you can be silly or you can be serious and both are okay. I know that I've seen a lot of uh, memes and things like that going around the internet that, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, poke fun at the situation that we're in a little bit. But for some folks, humor can be a really great coping mechanism because uh, it, it is really scary. So I almost gather from what you've been saying, the idea is as much as possible to try to stay in the same routine that you keep up. Like if you normally go to work, if you normally take a bit of a break at a certain time, take a break then. But, but try to stay almost within that same routine as much as you can. Yeah, uh, there's some really great resources online right now for folks that are working from home, you know, and how to do that in as much of a healthy way as possible. Uh, there's a lot of folks working from home with their kids at home right now. Of course, we're going to be moving into like past the spring break period. And I know a lot of parents are like, oh, my gosh, what am, what am I going to do with my kids? And uh, keeping routine is really important. So, you know, that being flexible in the way that um don't let that be something that stresses you out or adds to the long list of stresses right now. But, you know, if you can keep a routine, that's great. You know, eating healthy meals regularly, um, chunking out some work time in a designated work area, if that's something that you need to do, making sure everyone's getting some fresh air every day, that you've, you know, chunked out some time to have a good check-in with um, someone about how you're feeling. And also some time chunked out for... Uh, you individually, so something that helps your personal stress level. So that might be time outside, you know, that might be exercise, 
That might just be knowing that your house is clean and taking the time to do that, taking a bath or an extra long shower, reading a book, um, or, or journaling. You know, there, there's a lot of really great research around journaling um, or practicing gratitude. So maybe, um, you know, you're coming together as a family at dinner and that's one thing you're going to do. It's one thing you're grateful for that day. Um, another great, you know, thing to do, especially if your home is a whole family, is, you know, kind of what can you do in this situation to make it a little bit more fun? So maybe you're going to make a gratitude, like, scrapbook together as a family. Um, or maybe you're going to make a gratitude jar. And when you take that time and everyone writes the one thing they're grateful for, uh, then you put those all in a jar. And when this is all over, you can come back and read those. So, um, for, for parents who are at home, working from home, the kids are at home this week because of spring break, but that's still okay. But as of next Monday, they know the kids are not going to be going back to school. I'm assuming what you'd be saying as well, then, is don't wait until Friday or Saturday to start figuring out what you're going to do with the kids next week. Start now. Yes. Yeah. You know, too too early isn't a thing when it comes to planning in my world. Um, kids really need unstructured time. I imagine um, I'm not a parent, but it, you know, in all of my years of working at camp and in some of our programs, I imagine that a lot of kids are having some pretty bad, you know, cabin fever, as I like to call it by now. Even um, just you know that they can sense that there's a lot of stress going on. Um, even you know. Spring break might not necessarily be a regular routine, but it's even less regular than that. Maybe parents are home that wouldn't be home. Maybe they're supposed to go on vacation and that hasn't happened. Um, you know, they can't really see their friends or do things that are normal um, in, in their own day-to-day. So I think depending on your child and your family and, and your needs, then you can start doing those things at any time. Uh, today, we're actually putting uh, a great resource on our website that will have, um, uh, I've got about a couple of pages worth of activities for all ages. So whether that's like toddlers all the way up to school-age children. And the idea is that you can just go and you can take those and you can do them instantly. So one of them might be, you know, like have a dance party in the living room. Great way to get some of those sillies out. Great way to have some physical activity uh, and something to do all the way to, you know, a little bit more of kind of like some worksheets or some resources or, you know, museums who are giving free online tours to, to keep your children uh, engaged in healthy ways and hopefully, uh, you know, support families who uh, maybe just aren't really sure to even, you know, start knowing that Monday's creeping up. Now, with the kids being at home more and stuff like that, is this a time where, as long as you do it sort of in a sensible fashion, can parents maybe think about relaxing the rules about how long their kids spend online, as long as what they're doing is maybe FaceTiming or Facebooking with their friends to stay in touch with them? Yeah, I, you know, we, we know how much screen time children get and we know the impact that has on them. So uh, any way we can, you know, minimize or break up screen time, it, we definitely want to do that. You know, that being said, again, we go back to really the most important thing is mental health right now. And so if like limiting your children's screen time is, um, you know, not worth it for you, then you really just need to, to take care of yourself. And and I think you made a really good point, Ellen, about, um, 
you know, constructive screen time. So, uh, you know, are, are they checking in with a friend or, um, you know, are they doing something that's maybe more engaging or causing their brain to work a little bit opposed to just, uh, you know, watching like cartoon after cartoon after cartoon. Okay, Stephanie, thank you very much for calling in today. Again, one more time, though, what's the website that people can go to to get all of these ideas about what they can do with their kids and stuff? Yes, so everything is on our Facebook page, the YMCA of Northern BC, and on our website at n, as in northern, nbc.ymca.ca. Okay, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again next month. We're going to take a quick break. Be back with more after 9. It's after nine on Prince George's Community Station, ninety-three point one CFIS FM. Well, it's spring break for a lot of the schools, for a lot of the students in Prince George, of course, but not necessarily the older ones, shall we say? Uh, Dennis Johnson, president up at uh, College of New Caledonia. What is the status of the campus there right now? Uh, we we have a very limited number of people still on campus with the vast majority of students studying online or through alternate delivery methods. So what what are the areas that are open? Like I'm, I'm kind of guessing the library is open to some extent? Actually, the library is, is uh, we made the decision on Friday to close the library. Um, most of our services are moving. If, if it didn't happen Friday, it'll happen today to uh, telephone and online support. We're really doing as much as we possibly can to encourage social distancing and reduce the number of people uh, moving about on campus. So how, how, how have the um, instructors handled this? Did you, get, did you have to have a lot of um, interplay with them in terms of, well, how am I supposed to offer this particular class online? Well, certainly there's a lot of work going on to support and today is the first official day of that transition. Last week, we suspended classes at the end of the week, uh, so so uh, instructors would have time to uh, make plans. But it's er- so it's early t- uh, today as the first official day. But from what I heard uh, up till now, people have uh, really risen to the occasion um, and are doing everything they can to make sure that students can complete their term. Uh, through an alternate delivery method. Uh, lots of people in, in the background offering support, whether it's uh, information technology uh, or our Center for Teaching and Learning folks or, and others, but uh, lots of good work being done to try and support this, this uh, fairly recent change. So are some of the other areas of the college, like the, um, the First Nations Center, um, the Counseling Center, are they available online at this point? Whoever can offer uh, services from a distance, some some alternate method, that's exactly how we're, we're approaching it. So uh, counseling, advisors, registrar's office, uh, they'll all be available either through online, uh, email, chat, telephone, um, some sort of alternate delivery. But we're doing our very best to eliminate, when possible, any face-to-face interaction and for the few that are left on campus we're really pushing hard the idea of social distancing and um, uh, eliminating face-to-face meetings and that sort of thing so 
something that some of the students might already be thinking of, even though it's probably still a couple of months away, finals in a lot of the classes and stuff like that. Are are the instructors already starting to plan how they're going to handle that if necessary? Yeah, that works ongoing, and I and uh, it'll vary from program to program or or uh, class to class. But certainly, everybody's in, being encouraged to find alternate ways so that people don't have to uh, physically interact. Okay, and the other thing that. Um almost requires physical interaction is in some of the courses where they have labs to do like the sciences and stuff like that how is that being handled or they can is that something where it again is up to the individual instructor to figure out what they're doing well so there is a limited number of uh students still on campus in those types of programs where they they have to be in a lab or a shop um but it's it is being looked at case by case to say, can they do it and still follow the guidelines from the provincial health officer around social distancing. So for example, some of our shop programs where there's quite a bit of space in a shop, um, the students are able to still do their learning, but uh, stay at least six feet apart. Um, So some of that's going on and, and then there are things that we have not been able to continue to do and those have been stopped for the time being. So if this continues, then I guess the other thing that administration and the individual instructors will have to look at is how are you going to handle the end of the school year in terms of handing out um, marks and grades and stuff? You're exactly right. And those things, we're working closely with our ministry uh, and, of course, with the provincial health officer, Northern Health, and others, um, but some of these things are changing so rapidly that at this point we're not able to say exactly what might happen. But certainly there's lots of conversations, lots of people um, putting their heads together to, to see what we possibly can do. Again, the idea is to try to disrupt as little as possible, but we're in, as many people have said, um, unprecedented times. And, uh, and at this point we, we can't really predict the future. Now, one other thing, not with CNC students, but with grade 12 students in the district, their classes, of course, are also being disrupted. How how is that going to work in terms of registration for next year at CNC? Because they, they may not have their transcripts available. Some of them may not have all the courses they need. Is this something, again, that you and the ministry are working through? Yeah, I would say it's early days uh, around that. Um, I think most of us are still focused on the immediate uh, safety and health of our community. Um, but there has been some early indications from the Ministry of Education, the K-12 system, that uh, they will have to um, be flexible. And I think we'll probably end up working closely with our ministry and, and the Ministry of Education um, to make sure that students can still continue on. Um, but it's very early days to say that, you know, we have it all figured out. Okay. Dennis Johnson, president at the College of New Caledonia, I assume you've got an awful lot on your plate. I will let you get back to it, but thank you very much for calling in this morning. Thank you. Okay. Another quick break. Be back with more after 9. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
So one thing that we're getting from a lot of people we talk to about ways they can keep themselves busy during isolation and stuff is stuff like reading. Unfortunately, Amy Donzel with the Public Library, there's a bit of a problem with that as far as the library is concerned right now. Yeah, so both of our branches are closed at the moment. Okay. So what are... Now, one thing I was thinking of, and I just thought about this a few minutes ago, actually, um, can people, if they've got material that is due back and they are out and about for some other reason, can they still use the book drops? Um, No, at this time we're asking people to hold on to their materials, and we have uh, extended all the due dates to April 30th, um, so people can just hang on to those items until until our book drops reopen. Okay, so there won't be any fines or anything, even if I had a book that was due today, I've got it for the next month. Exactly. And if it's a mystery and I already finished reading it, it's going to be tough to reread that one because I already know who did it. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, what about... Because this is something that I know a couple of people who do a lot of. If you've got a book on hold at one of the branches of the library, how is that being handled? Um, We will extend those dates as well. So once the library reopens, people can come in and pick up their holds. Okay. If somebody had a hold on something and they've decided for whatever reason that they don't necessarily want to have the hold anymore... Is there a way that they can call in and cancel it so you guys aren't holding a book that they don't need anymore? Uh, yeah, you could do that. Um, we do have people checking our voicemails. So um, if you have questions about your account, items you have on hold, or, for example, if you have a card that recently expired and you have questions about that, you can give us a call at 250-563-9251, extension 100. Okay. And uh, I'm assuming as well everything... I'm guessing the online component now becomes to some extent a very important part because that's something that can be updated all the time. Absolutely, and this has been uh, part of our, our business for a, for a long time, but uh, people can access ebooks and audiobooks, um, you know, TV series, music, um, and much more on a couple of our platforms. One of them is called Overdrive, and the other one is called Hoopla Digital. But again, for that, they would have to need, they would need to have a uh, library card, I assume, though, to access all of that, right? So you do need to have a library card, but you can apply on our website for a temporary library uh-huh. card, uh, and then you would be issued a temporary library card number that would last for 90 days. Okay. Now, before I forget, and I probably will ask you about this again a little bit later, what is the website? It is pgpl.ca. Boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So is there, are, is there anybody still at the library or have all the staff gone home? I'm thinking I know a couple of places where they're closed, but a couple of people do go in every once in a while just to make sure everything is still in shape and everything. We have quite a big space here. So there are some of us working. Um, we're kind of staggering our shifts and um, maintaining that six feet of social distancing. So... Um, with the library, I'm trying to remember, I think before the actual closure went into effect, had you guys made some changes already? Like I know you've got a lot of areas that have got tables or carols and stuff like that. Had you done stuff just to keep them further apart? Uh, we took some steps to make sure that people could maintain a distance from one another. So we did remove some chairs, 
um, space out some tables and some other things. Uh, and prior to deciding to close, we had already canceled all of our spring break programming through to March 29th. So now, and obviously then any other programming that you had underway, like I'm thinking, I know there's a couple of uh, gaming groups that meet there and stuff like that. That's all out on hold until further notice. Yeah, so any of our physical programs that would have happened in our branches or in the community have been cancelled or postponed. So we may, you know, bring back some programs that we had already planned for and that our staff had already done all the work to prepare for in the summer or the fall. But we are also moving some of our programs online. Ah, okay. What are some examples of the programs that somebody who may not even have been originally involved with them might be saying, hey, that sounds like something interesting and it's going to be online? Yeah, so, so far it's just children program that we're moving online. Um, so we're starting tomorrow with a Facebook Live story time, and that'll be with Austin and Larissa. So we'll be showing that at 1130. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, Chris, who is our teen librarian, is doing some cool stuff on Google Hangouts. Um, so he's doing some double digits programming. Uh, he's doing some video game Let's Play. Um, so he has a few things lined up as well. And now, I think, if I remember correctly, you guys had a number of different book clubs that were being run through the libraries. Is that something where people might be able to do that online? Yeah, so some of the book clubs um, are moving to different platforms, um, depending on who the book club lead is. Uh, And then we're also, we've started a Hooked on the Book Prince George group, so if people want to um, connect to that through our Facebook page. Um, that gives people an opportunity to talk about what they're reading, post covers of their book, share some reviews. Okay. So now, before I go any further, what is the Facebook site? Do, did, can you just go onto Facebook, look up Prince George Public Library, and the first one that pops up is probably you? Yeah, if you go to our Facebook page and look up Prince George Public Library, you'll find our page there. Um, we have all of our programs, our you know, uh, online programs listed for this week so people can find out about the video game party, um, about ice cream making, which is something that's happening tomorrow on Google Hangouts. Yeah, so all that information is there, uh, and we'll keep updating it, uh, you know, kind of week by week as as we see how things go. And I'm assuming people can also get the most up-to-date information that you guys have on what is happening in general with COVID-19. So we do have a COVID-19 page. We have information on our website, but we're also sharing all of that on our Facebook page as well. We also have a Twitter account and an Instagram account that we're keeping pretty up to date. Do you sometimes think when you're looking at all of this stuff, if this had happened, say, 10, 15 years ago when you guys didn't have all of these online resources, how different everything would be? Oh, yeah, it would have been a very different world 10 years ago. But uh, now we have um, so much... uh, resources that people can access on our website so um so we're happy to be able to provide that for people okay so again amy what is the website for the library www.pgpl.ca and that's good for both of the branches the downtown one and the neshackle and you can also find a portal there to our gale courses which is our free online courses that we offer so if people are sitting at home and they want to learn something new Um, that's a good place to go. Okay. Amy Donjol with the Prince George Public Library, thank you very much for calling in and bringing us up to date. Yeah, thanks so much, Alan. Okay. And that's a wrap on this portion. Be back in a couple of minutes. 
thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. We've been hearing a lot from people who have had their uh, facilities, whether they be the YMCA, CNC, or the library, closed for some time. Now I've got somebody on the line who's going to be talking about something that just closed. This is Katie with the Spruce Kings Show Home. Good morning, Katie. Hi, good morning. How are you today? Uh, Well, it looks like the snow has stopped, so I'm feeling a little bit happier about that. (laughs) (laughs) So... I understand. I think you emailed me last night to confirm that you would be calling on time, but you also said you had an update, if you will, on what's happening with the show home. Yes, absolutely. Um, We have moved to online sales only at this point. So, um, unfortunately, we did have to make the call to close the show home to the public, but we do know that it was the right decision for um, everyone's health and safety. And uh, I'm confident that uh, the online um, website still provides a pretty phenomenal tour and uh, look on the house. So um, that's still an option, and uh, we will we'll, we'll move forward. And um, just day by day, I think, with the general public and, and embracing this whole COVID-19 situation that we have on our hands. I guess the one advantage if you will you had at the show home was it was fairly well spaced out already like i'd been out there a couple of times for different reasons and i know that like at the table where they're selling the tickets they could keep a distance apart going through the show home it wouldn't be difficult to keep a social the social distance you're asked to while you were touring the show home absolutely the house is 3150 square feet Um, Like you said, the garage is very spacious. It's 520 square feet. Um, And we did feel, uh, we we didn't close immediately because we did feel we were controlling amount of people in the house. And, um, you know, like you said, there's lots of space. You could easily keep that uh, recommended two meter distance. Um, But we just felt to encourage to align with the encouragement of people staying home and the safety of our ticket sellers, it was best to move to the online. There's only six weeks left, and in this last six weeks, we do see a huge increase of visitors at the show home. Uh, So hopefully we will be able to open in time before April 27th um, to get those people through that have not had a chance to see the house in person. Uh, But for now, we just felt the best course of action was to... Um, move to online sales right now and uh, go from there. Now, this is something I don't think I've ever heard before about Prince George, people leaving things until the last minute. (laughs) Where have you been? I know. Um, From under that rock. Yeah. So they can buy tickets. Now, the other thing that you guys still have going as well is there is a 50-50 draw sort of associated with it. Where are you with the 50-50 draw? Because I know there's actually, I think, three different draws, right? Yes, Absolutely. So uh, we just did the draw on Friday, March 13th for period two, 50-50. And a huge congratulations to Darcy Tiana. He was the winner of 45000 wow. So, um, yeah, that was pretty incredible. We were extremely thankful for that turnout and support. And now we've moved into period three. So like a hockey game, uh, we have three periods in that mega 50-50. And that will run from... February or sorry, March 14th until April 27th 
when the ticket sales close for the show home as well. And again, people can get those 50-50 tickets online as well, obviously? Absolutely. Yep, they're available online. They're $25 each. And depending on the amount of tickets sold, it would be a grand prize of up to $50,000. So we're, we're definitely pushing for that. That would be a pretty incredible win for someone um, during this time. And uh, $25 um, per ticket and half of the grant, or sorry, half of that, if we sold all the tickets, it would equal $100,000. So 50 to the winner and 50 to the team, which is, which is why we do this. So with the period number two, with the second period one being $45,000, wow, that's like 90% of the tickets were sold. Yes, exactly. We were extremely impressed um, with ticket sales this year. It is the highest period two we have had. And again, I think it, it shows with the, uh, the price of the ticket and the amount of the win. It's, um, if you can afford to buy one ticket, it's definitely worth There's only 4,000 tickets printed, so it, mm-hmm. it kind of puts into perspective what your chances are. Okay. So, again, just going to wrap this up pretty quick. What is, we've been talking so much about the fact that you can buy your tickets for the show home, you can buy your tickets for 50-50 draw online and stuff. What's the address? The address is 2738... No, no. no, the website address, sorry. Website address, I'm sorry. Um, the address, the show home address is 2738 Links Drive. If you want to do a drive-by, right. get out of the house, but stay in your car. We, accident, we absolutely recommend that. But the website for our... The address for the website is www.sprucekingshowhome.com. So Spruce King Show Home, all one word. Yes, of course. Okay, great. Katie, thank you very much for calling in, bringing us up to date on what's happening with the Spruce King Show Home. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Okay, another quick break. Be back with more After 9. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And the all, excuse me, the all phone in edition of After Nine today. Thank, uh, thank you to all of my guests for calling in on time and everything, including Dr. Jeff Payne, who I believe your official title at this point is the interim president up at UNBC. Am I correct? That is correct. So uh, you're the interim president, and you're looking at a campus that doesn't have very much going on right now. It's uh, yeah, it's an interesting time here on campus as we deal with the COVID situation, and uh, it's every day. Uh, seems to be ramping up in terms of what we're trying to do to uh, support and ensure the health and safety of the people that, on our campus. Now, are there any areas of the campus that are still open? I'm guessing almost everything is closed down. Are there any areas that are still open? Yeah, there are some areas that are still open. Um, we we still have students and residents. Uh, I'll be, we, you know, we've been reducing the numbers there of students uh, as we move to, uh, away from face-to-face delivery and more alternative delivery. So there are still still some students that are remaining residents, so our, our library's on reduced hours. Uh, we still have the uh, food services uh, is still there. But uh, what I would say, Alan, is, is everything is moving to as uh, reduced services as much as possible. As we This week, you'll see more and more uh, folks working from home, which is, which is very important. So now, with the classes moving to alternate delivery systems, how long... How, about how long ago, can you remember, were the teachers told, the instructors told, this is something you might have to be doing, so start planning? Uh, we announced that uh, Saturday. Uh, last Saturday, we, we made that uh, 
that decision to, to do that. Uh, and uh, we, we made the end date uh, as Wednesday. And then as things continue to, to escalate and getting directives and sub, uh, from the provincial health organization as well as the Ministry of Advanced Education, we moved that up to end of, end of day Tuesday was the last day of face-to-face classes. Wow. So do you know, did any of the instructors, have you heard, just take a cup, just tell their students, we're going to take a couple of these off because I still have a couple of things to put together to do the alternate delivery? We left that flexibility up to the individual faculty members and their courses to determine how, how best to to uh, align what was left in, in the term uh, to prepare themselves. And so, yeah, each individual faculty member in their course uh, sort of did their own sort of planning around that. So some of the classes up there, I know, like a lot of the sciences and stuff, there is lab work needed. Are the labs still open on reduced scheduling as well? Uh, there is nothing going on right now in terms of, of that. Uh, it, they certainly worked around in terms of social distancing and some, some plans to address that. Uh, but we are now fully a, uh, a non-face-to-face campus. Wow. So how is that going to work moving forward as we get closer to the end of the semester? Uh, if some of those classes, they don't have their labs and stuff like that, are you in administration starting to figure out how you're going to handle that? Yes. So, so the provost and his team and the deans are, are working on supporting the faculty as well as our Center for Teaching and Learning and how to uh, sort of transition everything to, uh, as I said, an alternative delivery model. So now I'm assuming this because we're basically talking about, excuse me, the UNBC campus in Prince George. I'm assuming this applies to all the other campuses for the uh, university as well, though, across northern B.C., Yes, every campus is is, uh, being treated the same. So now some of those campuses, they had instructors who were on campus, I'm thinking, right? At the other campuses? Yes. Yes, similar to Prince George. I mean, there was always uh, faculty members on campus. So in those cases, has there been any suggestion made that the students in some of the classes there might be able to just link in to the alternate uh, learning systems that are being put in place and join the students in the same class in Prince George? You don't have to have two or three different instructors. Uh, I, I know they're working at all kinds of solutions, Ellen. I'm not aware <laughs> specifically of, of those that type of detail. Okay. So what are you – what are you – have you gotten – have you been? I'm, 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 it's almost a leading question. Have you been pleasantly surprised by sort of the buy-in you're getting from the faculty, from the students, from the staff there in terms of dealing with the situation? You know, Alan, I'm absolutely inspired by how our campus has come together to really support our, our university c- community. Uh, in this very difficult situation, um, I mean, obviously, it's very it's very challenging to to take a university and flip it to completely an all online alternative delivery. But you know, the the staff, the faculty, the students, everybody's come together to to support this transition. And really, as I said, it, it's inspiring, and uh, it really makes me uh, feel like this is what makes UMBC so special. We come together as a community. So are you and the administration and faculty, as far as you know, also talking, well, talking, emailing, FaceTiming, whatever, with your counterparts in other schools across BC and across Canada in terms of how they're handling the situation in case there's some ideas there that you can pick up on? 
Oh yeah, absolutely, Alan. We're, we're, you know, I'm in close contact with with the ministry, both at, on the particularly on the advanced education side, but also with 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 the health side. Um, we're part of the research universities of British Columbia group, so talking with the presidents and and ensuring that we are sharing ideas and how we can collectively uh, support this. And then uh, with all the uh, post-secondary institutions in BC, there's there's constant calls and and how we can work together. Myself here in Prince George and, and the, the president of CNC have been in constant contact. So yeah, we're all dealing with this together and uh, we're all willing and, and helping each other in, in sort of sharing ideas and lessons learned and how we support uh, our, our campuses. So for students who are currently in grade 12 at the different secondary schools across BC, they're probably thinking, okay, what am I going to be doing in September if this lasts to the point where it affects um, my ability to do my finals in grade 12, uh, transcripts, stuff like that? Have you and the other schools already started looking ahead to how you might have to handle a totally different system in terms of what kind of grades you're going to be looking at for students with their applications. It's funny, we, we, we began that conversation on Friday. I mean, phase one and phase two was ensuring that the term for our current students was moving in the direction of which will end the term and can have students allow, allow them to complete, get ready for the final exams and things like that. And now we've begun to turn our attention to uh, what we're going to do with respect to uh, applicants and those high school students and, and others that are that want to come to UMBC next year, uh, as well as for our, uh, our other uh, terms this summer and spring and things like that and how we deal with that. So what is happening with the summer semester at this point? Are registrations on hold? Are you still taking registrations? We, we're just rolling out some ideas and a plan, and there'll be some communications that'll go out to, to the communities uh, this week on that. Now, you were talking about how it's a totally different feel. Is it to some extent, do you ever have to stop and say, okay, at least it's not because they made me interim president that all this is happening? <laughs> well, I, I don't kind of think like that. You just, you know, you, you deal with what's put in front of you. And, you know, my job as the interim president is to, to work with everybody, to, to be uh, proactive, to be strategic, and to be measured. I want people to be, you know, calm, but know that, uh, that we are really uh, putting all the plans in place. We've developed an outstanding website, and our team continually updates that regularly in terms of the information on our campus. So, yeah, it, it, it is what it is, but, you know, uh, we, we work with what's put in front of us. And what is the website? I'm pretty sure I know, but just so people can get it. So if you go on the UMBC homepage, uh, umbc.ca, on the left-hand side of the page, there's a big word that says update, and it's our coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 info for the UMBC community. And there's all kinds of information in there uh, related to uh, UMBC status, our housing students, travel, information for students, information for employees, uh, coronavirus info itself. And then every day I've been given an update to the university community, and they're, they're there as well. Wow. So it sounds as if you're adapting. And the other thing is, I guess, you have no idea how long this is going to go on. You don't. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we've, we listen and, and have meetings with, with, with government and, and determine how this thing is going to go. But I think right now we're just in the stage of uh, making sure everybody's uh, health and safety is, is in place. Uh, encouraging social distancing, encouraging people to work from home, and trying to flatten the curve. And Dr. Jeff Payne, Interim President at UNBC, thank you very much for taking the time this morning. Thank you. Much appreciated. That's a wrap for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow after 9.